What specifically would you do that you aren't currently able to because your health condition is holding you back? Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified functional nutrition health coach and your host, Sydney Torres. My passion is helping women balance their hormones naturally and improve gut function. Being a health detective, finding the underlining root causes. My other passion is speaking to other health and wellness warriors who share the same vision, wellness for all. We chat all things A to Z on holistic health and wellness, providing holistic and science-based solutions to help you reclaim your health so you can live, feel, and transform into the best version of you. If you don't have your health, then what do you have? I release new episodes every Wednesday. Hope to see you inside. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. The content should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure any medical or psychological disorder. Today is going to be such a wonderful conversation. We are going to be talking about powerful steps women can use to conquer fibroids naturally so they can in the pain, become fertile, and most importantly, avoid surgery. I am so excited for today's guest, Valerie Yamina Bay. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> but before we dive into the good stuff, I just want to share a little bit about you, um, who you are, what you do. You are the founder of Womb Man Wise Health, and you specialize in helping women conquer their fibroids naturally. So with that being said, I would like to hear your story and what really led you to becoming so passionate about women's reproductive health. Yeah, well, it start, all started around about 2017, actually. But I mean, this is a long story that goes back to when I was first diagnosed, but in 2002, but obviously I don't want to go back that far and tell you the whole thing. So I'll just give you a quick overview. Um, but the real catalyst for Woman Wise Health came about in 2017 when I found myself in hospital on a drip and I was severely anemic. And the fibroids were growing back because about in 2011, I had surgery to remove 11 fibroids. But even in my teens, I was suffering from heavy bleeding. So I've been suffering from heavy bleeding literally from the day I started my period. And, um, and through the years, as I got older and older, it just got worse and worse and worse. But that day in 2017, when I had a blood test and the doctor literally phoned me up a couple of hours later and said, you need to get yourself to A&E, I knew things were a bit, were rather dire. So that's what I did. I was admitted and watching all the nurses and all the doctors, bless them, you know, they were lovely, but their confused faces being prodded and poked over months with them not knowing what the problem was and I thought well it's obvious I'm you know bleeding profusely but they seemed really baffled by it all in the end 
while I was there in that hospital bed, I made a promise to myself. I made a commitment. I said, right, that's it. I'm going to work out what's happening with me. And so I can fix this thing because I just wasn't prepared to put up with this bleed, this profuse bleeding. It was literally like turning on a tap. I know you guys say faucet, don't you? So let me translate that for you. So, yeah, it was literally like turning on a faucet and every month and I couldn't bear it. I had no life. You know, I couldn't wear what I wanted to there was always the risk of breakthrough bleeding which happened quite regularly with me and I, I just had essentially I just had enough and that was the catalyst for my change and it was through the research I did over the next couple of years how women wide health came about because there was so much research I was finding that led back to the same things that I was looking at. That's the foundation for my, my program, which is called the Fibro Protocol. And, and I thought, right, I, I have to share this. I really had to share this. I, I felt I couldn't keep this information for, my, for, for myself. So even though I started off initially doing this for myself, it became a passion of mine where I wanted to help the women out there because I soon found out that I wasn't the only one in the world suffering from this. And there were thousands of women worldwide, if not millions, suffering with this condition. And I thought, well, this is ridiculous. So I felt compelled to share the information. Yeah, and you know, Valerie, just listening to your story, I know it it must have been so difficult, so challenging. You're lying in the hospital bed. Doctors are poking and prodding you. They don't know what's wrong with you. And it's through your pain and just through everything that you had to endure during that whole whole time span. It was hard going through it, but you came out on the other end. And it's through kind of like our pain where we can use that and share our gifts and share our wisdom with others that are going through similar situations. So I just think you are doing such a wonderful job and you are just, you're giving people such a wonderful gift. You know, you're giving them oh. the gift of getting their lives back. Oh, you know, thank being you able much. to wear what they want to wear, being able to just have that freedom and not be so, constricted and restrained by the fibroids. So I just kind of want to set set the stage. If you could just kind of give us a very brief, um, basic definition of what are fibroids? Yeah, well, fibroids are their non-cancerous growth. Essentially, they're made up of fibrous muscle tissue and they vary in size. So you can go from the size of a small pea to the size of a watermelon. And, you know, so and they could be multiple. And it tends to be uh, black women who tend to have them suffer with them the worst. And I've seen that over and over again with the, the research I've done. For some reason, black women or African-American women 
seem to be affected adversely. We seem to get multiple fibroids. They tend to be bigger. We suffer with more bleeding. It's not that it doesn't affect every other nationality. It just seems to affect us as um, African-American, African women, substantially worse. And what tends to happen with it, you tend to get painful periods, cramping, bloating. And in a lot of instances, there's a lot of infertility as well. Some women, even though some women actually can get pregnant and do go on to have successful pregnancies and, you know, carry a baby to term, there are other women out there who just can't get pregnant at all. And what normally happens is that um, then, then they go on to have surgeries, which then results in successful pregnancies, but not necessarily. But normally the fibroids cause infertility, um, like I said. And also they can cause frequent urination because the size of them, they can press on other organs, especially the bladder. So that causes frequent urination. So the moment you drink something, you're off to the toilet. So when you're out and about, sometimes you have to know where the toilet is. And then often it causes lower back pain as well. So there's a whole array of symptoms that comes with these growths, which are non-cancerous. And I've got to emphasize that because many women are scared when they go for a diagnosis because they think it's cancerous. But the majority of the time, fibroids are not cancerous. They're just benign growths or tumors, as they're called, and which are found in the uterus. So and um, and also another symptom from fibroids is that it can cause pain if they're having, you know, intimate relations as well. So that that's just a quick overview of fibroids. So um, kind of like backtracking a little bit, going back to um, when you were going through your your health challenge with fibroids, how were you diagnosed Oh, I was diagnosed um, just by accident, really, because for years I had this protruding stomach, which was really embarrassing, actually, considering the amount of exercise I did and I just couldn't get my stomach down and I didn't understand. But anyway, I was suffering with calf muscle problems. So I went to the hospital to um, have a scan because what they wanted to do, they wanted to scan my abdomen to see if there was anything connected to what was going on with my calf muscles. So I went to the sonographer and I actually had an ultrasound. And the first thing I remember her saying, I remember it so clearly, she said, oh, you have fibroids. And um, she goes, it's a real mess in there. And I'll never forget that ever. When she, yeah, when she said, it's a real mess in there. I, I, I remember just looking at her. I was in complete shock. And I thought, really? <laughs> did she just say that? Yes, she did. But 
what how I felt was complete relief because I thought that explains my this pregnant look and actually I was quite relieved because now I had an official diagnosis so I was actually quite relieved about that so that's how I found out about mine it was completely by accident wow so um I want to kind of talk about or if you can actually share, what are some powerful steps women can start taking like right now after they finish listening to this episode to start to um, conquer fibroids naturally? Okay. So for the first one is to stop self-diagnosing. That's probably one of the steps thus far. So I know there's plenty of women out there. They're so determined to eliminate their fibroids they're going to do anything and everything that they possibly can to to ensure that this happens so um they're going to go and ask family and friends and stuff like that which is which is great so they're taking proactive proactive steps to actually help themselves and that is not a bad thing at all it's actually a good thing because they want to take back responsibility for their health so a powerful thing they can do is actually to get a proper baseline as to what's going on. So they know. So essentially what they're doing is getting to the root cause because so many women are out there trying to help themselves with really not an understanding or appreciation or overstanding of what's going on in their own bodies because we're not really taught about our own bodies and how it works properly because there's so much more to us than we actually have been taught at school and because we don't know that we end up struggling when it comes to um, you know fixing our health or doing things for ourselves when we want to take that responsibility so I'd say Find out what your baseline is. And once you do that, you'll have you'll be able to then create a healing blueprint from which to work from. And the second thing is, is to um, be engaged with your body as well. So what I what I mean by that is that. There's so many women out there is that they hate themselves. They hate their bodies because they hate what's going on with them. And they've got this immense hate for these, what they call, some of them call monsters, if you like, inside there. They feel that they've got these unwanted tenants sitting there, just taking up space, creating all this havoc within them. And then they feel that there's nothing they can do about it. But the first step to healing one of the first things they can do, like I said, is being engaged with their body, acknowledging the part that they've played in contributing to their own health condition. Because on some level, we've all contributed to our health condition, whether no, we've known it or not. What women have got to understand is that their body is the only place they're ever going to live 
So one thing they've got to do is just start treating their bodies with respect. There's far too many of us out there abusing our bodies with what I call crap food, alcohol, negative thoughts. We're doing all these things that are keeping, keeping us on low vibrational energy. So what, when you become more engaged with your body, you begin to appreciate it more. So it, it, it's literally impossible to start healing yourself unless you accept the position you're in right now when it comes to your health and well-being and the state of your body as it is currently and then learning to love yourself. And that means including learning to love your fibroids. And yes, I did say that, learning to love your fibroids, because once you do that, guaranteed, that's when the healing starts. The second thing is, is learn what's not functioning and fix it. Now, if, now there's a question. Women really need to understand what is making their fibroids grow. Do they understand what's making their fibroids grow? If they do not, again, that goes back to the root cause. And there's various ways they can do this. They can do it with functional tests. Um, they can get a scan. I use a, um, an energy scan. Um, because essentially what that does is it picks up on exactly what your body's thinking. So the scan will essentially the body speaking to the scanner and it's telling the scanner, right, OK, this is what's out of sync. This is what's out of balance. And also they can have blood tests and urine tests and stuff like that. And I can use those to correlate to the scan reports and then that's when they'll understand a lot better what's going on and then we can create a unique plan for them um so essentially it's what i call the hysterectomy avoidance protocol so this is my hat method so it's a three-step method so essentially it is about um learning be engaging with your body learning about what's about your body and then fixing it and then treating your body holistically that's the third step so when I say treating your body holistically you're encompassing everything so more often than not when we think about becoming healthy we may change our diet we might decide to become vegetarian or vegan we embark on an exercise routine, we try to get more sleep, we try to drink more water, you know, the, the, the type of thing, yeah? So, and this is where most of us start and it's a really good place to start. And we do this because we're so determined, we want to end the pain, we want to end the cramping, we want to stop the bleeding because the bleeding is probably the worst thing. And also we wanna become fertile and stay fertile. And among all the other lifestyle things that we, we may want to do that comes along with being more healthy, so to speak, whatever that means, health means to the individual. So 
but so when we kick start our healing what we tend to do is we tend tend to stay at that level we tend to stay at the physical level but what we need to realize is that there's five levels of healing so you've got the physical healing you've got the energetic healing you've got the mental healing the emotional healing and then the spiritual healing those are five steps to the healing and that encompasses the last part of um, when I say treating your body holistically. So you've got it into five levels. But level one is probably the first step because every level impacts on each other. So if you go in at the physical level, then gradually you can move to level two, which is the energetic body. That's where you do things... I don't know if you've heard of um, Savaggio music. Do you know it's all about to do with frequencies because the body works on frequencies. So the scanner I do um, that picks up on energy, whether the energy in the body is high or whether it's low. So again, once women have a, appreciation and an overstanding of all these three elements, which I call the HAP method, which is the hysterectomy avoidance protocol, then that's when they're able to move forward. You know, I, I just, you said everything in such a beautiful way. And I'm so glad that you really are taking the time to shine the light on the different levels of healing because healing happens on so many different levels. And if we don't start with like that base and that foundational, anything you do after that, it's, it's just going to make it, it's just going to make everything that much harder. So I know when, um, women have, you know, like the bleeding and the cramping and the fibroids, as you were calling them, like, uh, the monsters, um, within the bodies, everybody is just so quick. Like I've got to get rid of it. I got to get rid of it, but I appreciate that. But we just got to have to stop for a second, take a few steps back and say, okay, I got to do, I got to do the basics first. Yeah. And I just really appreciate, you know, how you just ex explained that. And I just want everybody listening just to, it's such a vital part in the healing journey just to not go for the quick fixes. It's it's not about the quick fixes. It's just about starting with the basics, you know, the mindset, the spiritual, um, stop self-diagnosing all of the things that you said, and then building on top of that for the true deep healing to occur. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. And this is this is the key because I, I see it. Over the years, I've spoken to hundreds of women, um, whether it's personally or through the support groups that you find um, all over the place. And I see it all the time now. It, it's, I, it's just a, a reoccurring pattern that I see that they go in all gung ho. They hate these things. They're going to get them out and they want to eliminate obliterate and blast them out into oblivion <laughs> and you know and they end up really disappointed 
when that doesn't happen and so many of them give up and end up having surgery because they're just going about it the I don't want to say the wrong way because I want to acknowledge them for doing for doing that in the first place but it's if they have a diff if they had a different systematic approach it would work for them let me put it that way yeah and if I just wanted to see if you could just touch um on the emotional side of just women holding trauma and how that if you could just make that connection between somebody holding trauma emotional trauma and fibroids yeah and this is the thing because there's research there was a recent study actually it was only conducted last year and there's been others as well um uh, one particular one that stood out to me was one in 2014 actually that was done by the the Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine and they surveyed women who had symptomatic fibroids. And what they looked at was the emotional, psychological impact that the fibroids were having on their, their whole life, their health, their well-being, etc. And what transpires is that these women, this is because this is really something that people speak about is the women who felt forced to cancel plans or they avoided making plans because of the possibility of having, you know, heavy accidents related to the heavy bleeding. That was, that's one thing. Many women, and this is something I see, is that they, they feel helpless. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Um, they... The, the symptoms that they have, they feel out of control and the quality of their life is decreasing as well. And they felt like they had an inability to not complete tasks. So if they had something set up for the day, for example, they felt they that they couldn't do it um, because they just don't feel like themselves. And they also experienced hopelessness as well um, in the survey. But the most damaging thing, I think, was body image is because, I mean, I can relate to all this when I was reading the survey, actually, because I, women feel attractive and I can guarantee that's exactly how I felt. Women, we feel self-conscious about the size of our bellies because of course you know you're not pregnant even though you look pregnant you're walking in the room and your belly's entering the room before you are and that's not a nice feeling fibroids tend to negatively negatively affect relationships especially with partners because somehow you just don't want to undress in front of them either they feel embarrassed about how they look they feel unattractive especially because they can't wear what they want to wear. So they wear all these floaty clothes as well. And a high percentage of women, they're sad, they're angry, they're frustrated. 
you know, they, they've got all these negative feelings going on, which only then makes things worse because all those feelings cause a physical effect in the body, which makes the fibroids worse, you see, because you've got all the impact. When you have all these feelings, that causes a cascade of issues, especially when it comes to hormones and the hormone system, the the endocrine system, which is regulates all the hormones, that is a very, very delicate system. It's very, very finely tuned. And once it goes out of kilter, that's when you end up with a cascade of issues. Then you've got the intimacy, the impact on that as well. Again, feeling self-conscious, feeling inadequate, feeling pressure because the fibroids are press pressing on you makes intimacy uncomfortable then you've got the dryness from hormonal imbalances then you've got the fatigue from the stress because they're in so much pain and then you've got the anemia from the heavy bleeding making them tired and crampy and it, it's just not a good thing and then on top of that you've got the miscarriage as well because some women do miscarriage they can't stay pregnant or some of them can't get pregnant or some get pregnant but can't stay pregnant because the fibroids are too big and they're taking up the space where the baby needs to grow so of course sometimes the fibroids win and the baby loses so you've got the emotional burden on top of that as well you know and then all they're offered is surgery or medication that there's nothing there to to help with the, the mental and emotional trauma and not only that that's just the survey but also you've got the deeply embedded trauma that's generational as well so we could be going back some years so what's happened when you're in, in childhood as well or it could go back even further this ancestral trauma as well which is being played out over and over again. So not only do you have to manage yourself physically, you've also got to manage your emotions as well. So you've got to heal physically, mentally, emotionally. This is why you've got to do the five levels. When you, when you encompass everything, you can see how it all fits together like a nice, neat little puzzle. So if you only concentrate on the one thing, which is the physical healing, which is your level one, you're not going to make much traction. So when you encompass all that, this is why it's so important for women to not just deal with just the symptoms on a physical level, but also the emotional stuff. So Valerie, if you can just briefly talk about the importance of investing in our in our health um, and just what we as women prioritize. Well, for my own experience, I know I obviously I prioritize health. So I don't spend that much on clothes shoes, handbags, whatever modality some women prefer because my health is key. And the thing is, women, what I see 
women, when I'm going down, I only have to go down the high street and I see women in their nail bars, you know, they're getting their pedicures, their manicures, they're in their hairdressers, getting their spending hundreds of dollars, getting their hair done. And um, actually, I recall a friend, he was a personal trainer, his wife, she was suffering with womb issues. Now, I don't quite know what the issue was. All I know is that she had severe womb issues. She had a prolapsed womb. And um, but he was concerned because he confided in me that, you know, she she'd rather spend money on going out with her friends I think she was invited to some kind of you know party some do or something like that and she spent I don't know how much money he said now I can't remember how much it was you know going getting her nails done getting her hair done going out and buying new clothes yet she was in massive pain as she waited for this operation so for her, the priority was to look good externally. And this is what I'm finding. No matter, despite what's going on inside, so long as they look good on the outside, you know, they're good to go. But normally what happens, it doesn't matter how well you're dressed. If that doesn't reflect on the out on the inside, because eventually it will come out on the outside, it will show in some way or another. So when it comes to looking after yourself, you can start small. You know, you can start to say, right, I'm going just to the dietary change, for instance. You could just start with drinking more water. I can see how women look after themselves by what when I go to the supermarket, I'll look at what people put in their baskets. I'm always checking out what people put in their baskets or in their shopping trolleys. So I know whether they're looking after themselves or not. You see, I only have to look at what you've got. And I know um, I can remember looking at one sister. I could see how much she was investing in her health because she was in the freezer cabinets just looking just filling up with fried potato chips and uh pizzas etc and i know that it's this is, doesn't apply to any any um everyone of course because i know there are some women out there who are looking after themselves but it's so important i i don't think people really appreciate the importance of looking after their health or investing in their health until something goes wrong, you see? And that's when they normally, they think, right, okay, I'm going to do something about it. So they literally have to be backed up against the wall before they actually decide to do anything. And even then, when, especially when it comes to fibroids, some of these women, because they've tried the natural route, and they failed, they're very skeptical about, you know, investing, wondering whether it's actually going to work. But with the principle that I've already outlined, if they do that, they'll, they, and they have a baseline and they know where they're going 
and they're constantly being checked up, then it will work for them. But you you can't expect that kind of help from a doctor. And if you don't know what you're doing, then seek help, especially from somebody who knows who knows what it's like, who's been there. You know, because I know some women go to functional medical doctors, which is fine. That's not an issue at all. So long as that functional medical doctor or whoever else can actually help them get where it is they need to go. So whoever they choose, they just need to ensure that that person can take them on a journey that's going to get them where they need to go. Exactly. I, I wholeheartedly agree. So I have one final question for you. And that is, what is one thing somebody can do for their health? I would say when they start to start with the basics, to start with the basics, essentially, if you know, you're, the food is always the way to go, isn't it? If you know, you're not eating right, start there. That's probably the easiest thing to start with. So I just want to say thank you for sharing your wisdom and thank you for sharing your knowledge. And for those who really resonated with you and um, want to reach out to you, where is the best place to find you? Right. So I'm the best place is on my group on Facebook, which is called Fire Freedom Solutions, or they can contact me. Um, at my directly at my email which is valerie mcken at gmail.com okay and i am going to put all of valerie's contact information in the show notes so don't worry if you um miss what she said just go to the show notes and click on her link and I just want to say again, thank you. Thank you. And if you are a woman or if you know somebody suffering from fibroids, or even if you think you have fibroids, I just encourage you to start a conversation, start a conversation, reach out to Valerie. And I just think that's always such a good starting place because a lot of times we don't know where to start. And, you know, you are, you specialize in this and just reaching out is the hardest part. And just know that there is hope and you can do it. And just having the support of a practitioner who has lived through it is, it's just amazing just to have somebody in your corner like that, that can guide you every step of the way. So thank you again, Valerie, for everything you do. Thank you so much. Wait, don't go just yet. If you like today's episode, please leave a review. This way, the message of health and wellness can get shared with others. If you ever want to hang out, you can find me on Instagram at Balance Health Now. Until next time, stay well.